morning, beloved. He is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> Whew. Man, how is everyone? So good to be with you. So good to be able to celebrate Easter as a family. It was sad last year. It was sad not being here at Slash X. This is our sixth year at Slash X. And I was uh, kind of wanted to do something big last year for our fifth year anniversary. But I guess God had other plans. Or maybe the enemy did. But uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful to Gail and the family at, uh, here at Slash X and for allowing us to come out here and, and celebrate with you. It's glorious day. Uh, it's a big deal. And uh, we are so grateful to be able to come out here and, and spend time with our, uh, our off-road family, our desert family, and even my own family. Lots of them are here today. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed by all that. Even though the last year has been crazy, I'm getting through it. Things are getting better. United States as a whole, it's getting better. Yeah, we've had some drama, amen. But uh, I'm grateful that we get to be together today. And I'm grateful that we're healthy and that we're able to uh, truly celebrate what today is. Today's Resurrection Sunday. Today's the day that we the Christian church celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a day that, that we spend with family and friends and, and we, uh, we just take a moment and reflect upon what that means. That the creator of the universe gave up his son so that you and I could live forever. So that you and I could have a savior. So let's just take a moment and thank him today. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we pray for your, for your presence here today. I ask, Father God, for your Holy Spirit to fall upon everyone here, to encourage us, to help us be connected to you, to help those that are not well, Lord God, to feel well. Help those that are struggling, Father God, to feel peace. I pray, Father God, for your word to uh, to be bold today. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak and allow me, Father God, to listen. I pray, Father God, for your blessing upon everyone here. And we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. And we thank you for Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen. Well, <clears throat> can you imagine what it was like? You're a follower of Jesus. You had hoped that, that he was going to be your king. You were hoping that he was going to vanquish the Romans. You were hoping that all the prayers that you had been praying for years were going to be answered. And suddenly... Your Messiah is arrested. 
And before he could have a real trial, he was crucified on a cross. Man, what a punch in the gut. I know all of us have had these moments where we thought things were going to go a certain way. We thought that we were going to get the job. We were going to get the girl. We were going to get the boy. We thought our life was going to end up like this. And in a second, it was changed. It was different. I know we've all had these moments. But guys, the fact that Jesus was crucified on a cross for our sins. And three days later, he rose from the dead. So that you and I could have eternal life. So that you and I could spend eternity with the Father, with Jesus. It's overwhelming, right? I mean, these moments in our life where we think are going to go one way. And then they end up somewhere else. It can be overwhelming. It can be almost to a point where we don't understand. But that day, over 2,000 years ago, that changed all of our lives. In a single moment, it changed everyone here's life. I mean, make no mistake, even if you don't believe that he rose from the dead, your life was changed because of Jesus. I mean, I hope you don't argue the fact that there was a Jesus. There's more historical proof that there was Jesus Christ than that. There was ever a Jay Young. There's books and manuscripts and eyewitness accounts. Jesus was famous. <laughs> There's a lot of proof that he existed. I mean, our whole calendar system has been changed because of Jesus Christ. Holidays times of vacation and and our our everyday lives are surrounded by his death and his birth and obviously his resurrection even if you do not believe that he was God Jesus changed your life he influenced it I mean the Jews still use the Anomundi calendar which basically means the year of our world. And today is the, the 22nd of Nisan, 5781. Jews can't use our calendar. Because if they did, then they would be admitting that that some of Jesus' claims had merit. Let's talk a little bit about what led up to the crucifixion. Jesus knew what was coming. 
it was not a surprise. He had told the disciples numerous times that the Son of Man was going to die and that his death would bring glory to God. John 12, 23 through 28 says, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Hmm. Today we have this great opportunity to think of those things in our life. Things that stirred us. That reminded us that, that God is bigger. That what Jesus did on the cross was a turning point for all of us. It was the final sacrifice that, that God was never going to tolerate for sin. I know a lot of people think that, that someday they will build a new temple in Israel and they will again perform sacrifices for sin according to their covenant with God. But those sacrifices will have no power because Jesus' sacrifice of the cross, that's our new covenant. We all need to understand that God always had a plan. The cross was not plan B. What the enemy took when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that was restored at the cross. Our covenant with God, the new covenant with Jesus, was able to restore our ability to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. When Jesus gave up his life on the cross, the last thing he said was, It is finished. This is John 19.30. It says, When he had received a drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Today, we're going to spend some time talking about what the cross was and is and how it affected everyone. Let's start with the first witness that came up to the empty tomb. This is John 20, 1 through 2. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, John, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. I always love the way that John writes the gospel. His gospel. He's the one Jesus loves. <laughs> he always has these little excited moments. He's passionate about this. 
his gospel is very passionate because he was a first eyewitness. He was there. So he writes these moments, these, these events in history in such a way that I get excited reading them because I feel like I was there. I love that. You know, sometimes we read the Bible and, and it's great, but it's just, it's just words, you know? Sometimes we sit at church and we hear a good message, but it, it just doesn't stir us to respond. But sometimes, sometimes we have a dream or we hear a prophetic word. And then when the word of God is spoken, it's like living water. It fills every need we have ever had. And we know that God is speaking to us, like directly to us. The Holy Spirit is present in a way that, that we cannot explain or understand. It's like God's breath has filled our lungs and we just and we just stop and we pour out our praises to the Father. Have you had these moments in your life where everything just clicked? What the Bible said, what you heard your pastor say, it just made sense. It just spoke to you. This is John 2, 18 through 22. It says, The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. And you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he was speaking of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed in scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now you guys know what Jesus was talking about here, right? What they're asking him, what authority did you have? Well, this was right before the Passover and Jesus had gone to the temple and there was, there was money changers and wild animals in the temple courts. And it was just a mockery. It was a mockery of God because it was all about the money. It was all about them getting rich through religion, selling sacrificial animals. And some of them weren't even good. Yeah, it upset him. He turned the tables, amen? He was angry. But in his anger, he did not sin. I wish I could say that every time I was angry. <laughs> but I digress. Jesus, Jesus prophesying about the temple being destroyed is huge. When I read this, it gives me an epiphany. It gives me a thought, an aha moment. The temple, the temple was the covenant to Israel. Being able to sacrifice the animals, being able to come into the temple was the only way they had to have 
God's presence in their life. No temple, no covenant, no God. No way to sacrifice and glean forgiveness for their sins. Jesus was preparing his disciples and us, the ecclesia, the church, for the reality that we are going to be living as the temple of God. When we accept Christ as our Savior, he promises the Holy Spirit. He promises the Comforter, the Friend. And at that moment, we have the presence of God with us. That veil is torn and we enter in. We enter into the Holy of Holies. We become the Holy of Holies. That is a huge aha moment for all of us. We need to understand that, especially today. That when we accept Jesus Christ, as we celebrate and honor His resurrection, that's because we acknowledge that God is living with us. We are the temple. I understand exactly what this meant. In order for me to share this with you today, I had to understand completely what the Word of God was talking about, what Jesus was talking about. I had to have that moment where it, where it just clicked, where my head knowledge and my heart knowledge became one. And I understood that we are, you and I, this body, when we are in Jesus, we are the temple. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. The one thing COVID showed me in the last year is that we, us, you and I, we are the church. And the sooner we get that, and the sooner we start living and acting and treating each other like the glory containers that each and every one of you are. Hatred, judgment, all those things start to fall away because we realize that the person that we are with that knows Jesus is literally the temple of God. To be loved, to be adored. Carrying the same fire that you are. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Hmm. We are the temple in Jesus. The power of the cross, of that shed blood at Calvary, it changes us. It is that relationship with the Savior of the world that allows us to be atoned for, to be delivered from death, to be saved. Guys, I, I take this job seriously. I do. I mean, I went back to school. Oh, Jeannie and I will be getting our bachelor's degree in, in about six months through Wagner University because we felt it was so important to truly understand what it is we're doing and why we're doing it. 
take this seriously. I want to be a good shepherd. I want to be I want to be a man of God that speaks the truth. That cares about the people in his life. I don't want to let you be slaughtered by wild animals. I don't want you to lead your lives down paths that they're not in accordance with God's will or God's word. God does not change. Some of us, some even pastors have been teaching lately that, that you know, as the world changes, God changes with, you know, it's like this universal Christ. No. God does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? We change, but God does not change. His word does not change. We need to understand that. We need to live in that. We are in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to understand that. Ezekiel, it's his 34, 11 through 12. Am I going too fast for you guys? Are you able to keep up in your Bibles? I tend to not give people enough time to turn their Bibles and, and get them open before I read. You guys online, you can play it back later, but for those of you here with us today, I'm sorry. So we're in Ezekiel 34. It says 11 through 12. It says, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after a scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. God is big enough to take care of his sheep, amen? He reveals the truth in all things, and even though sin, even though sin may look fun for a season, God wants us all to be prodigals. He wants us all to come home. He doesn't want any of us to go to hell. He doesn't want any of us to be damned for eternity. He wants to have a relationship with you and I that's forever, that lasts forever. We are all prodigals. And when he calls our name, he will align us with the truth. One of my professors, Rob Cavell, he sings this song that says, You put a ring on my finger. You put a robe on my back. You put your loving arms around me and say, My son, my daughter. put your loving arms around me and you say my son and my daughter God wants to put a ring on our fingers he wants to put the finest robe on our back he wants to draw us into his family he longs for that this is Luke 15 this is the prodigal I know you guys have heard the story of the prodigal son a rich man has a couple sons, and the one, the younger son, decides that he wants it all. You know, 
He wants his inheritance now. He takes it and he spends it on women and alcohol and fun and, and whatever. He spends it all. He gets so broke that he literally has to take a job as a servant feeding pigs. This is a young man that had grown up in a very wealthy family. And now he's serving pigs. And he's actually eating the food that he was swapping the pigs. That's hungry. That's following a long way. And he thinks to himself, I, I can return to my father. I need to return to my father because at least in my father's house, the servants, they eat better than this. So he heads back home. And this is Luke 15, 20. 20 through 24, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost. But now, now he is found. <laughs> oh. I'm a prodigal. <laughs> I'm a prodigal. I walked away from God for years. My life got messy. But he put a ring on my finger. And he put a rope on my back. <laughs> and he put his loving arms around me and said, My son, man, I want us to have that experience. I want all of you to understand and know that experience. Don't try to bluff God. <laughs> he knows. He knows who you are. Admit it if you've made mistakes. We all do. It all goes back to the relationship, right? What is the key to every great relationship? It's honesty. The more we open up to God and just talk to him about our fears, about our triumphs, we build that relationship. Be real with your Heavenly Father. If you're not hearing from God, open the Bible. He always speaks to me there. I'm going to close today with one of my favorite Bible verses. This is Romans 8.31. It says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who, who then is the one who condemns? <laughs> no one. Christ, Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. If we are walking in a relationship with Christ, nothing can separate us from his love. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we humbly come before you right now, God. We humbly just ask, Father, as, as prodigals, as as your sons and daughters who may have taken a left or a right somewhere in our lives. God, forgive us. Allow us, Father God, to accept your son Jesus as our Savior. Allow us, Father God, to know that we know that we know that he is risen. As we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, let that mean something everyone here today. Father God, I pray for your Holy Spirit right now to fall fresh upon us. For those of us, Father God, that might have been walking in just a desert for a while. Lord, breathe life into them. Breathe life into them, Father God, by your Holy Spirit. Renew them this day, Father for those of us, Father God, that might not know your Son. I ask, Father God, that you allow them to question, to seek, to ask questions, Lord God, so they get answers so that they can have faith. And Lord, for those of us, the remnant that are here today, that are, that are walking in the truth, let us be good witnesses, God. Let us walk humbly, show mercy, be kind, Father God. Let us be Christ-like truly in all that we say and do. We thank you, Father. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy. And we thank you for Jesus. <laughs> in his name we pray. Amen. Oh, guys. Holy Spirit got me good today. Went a little long, but hey, I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. We're going to close in a song. And uh, just know you're loved. Hang out. Please hang out today. Grab a card. If we can help you in any way, this is a ministry. We, we are at the races with the off-road racers and the National Grand Prix Championship Series every weekend. It's what we do. 
Love to see you guys at a race. Love to have you worship with us some other time. God bless you and thank you to all of you at Slash Hacks. John, come up and do a song for us. And uh, guys, we'll see you. God bless you. Bye-bye.